The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey today. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, a sixth event podcast, video event one-shots, and an additional video D&D campaign. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows and vote on the way their stories will progress. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1 and there's great value for you at even that level. So please join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dumb Dumbs and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pod, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merch dice today. Welcome back, initiates, to the Mythos Mysteries, a live play Pulp Cthulhu podcast where improvisers and comedians venture into dangers beyond their wildest imaginings. I am H.P. Helmfirth, your host on this journey into darkness. Having faced off with Tanya Tallahassee and destroyed her home and her body, the mystery punchers are in even greater danger. Adrian killed Tanya defending Red. Red was horrified to find the town under the control of a new mayor with splinterish sheriff, and Richter decided to show his ray gun to Bobby Walkie, the ice cream arms dealer. So venture forth with us, dear friends, into the mythos. So, your good pal, and entirely honest, definitely not selling contraband, ice creamman, uh, Robert Walker, is uh, heading back outside to um, gear up the ice cream truck. Um, because the ice creamman's union is a, a neutral body amongst all the, the sort of mob, think like um, a little bit like the Continental and John Wick. Um, the uh, ice cream trucks are uh, employed kind of um, throughout... Uh, 1930s 
Mythos America to um, help move weapons. Um, but um, uh, Robert and you have always kind of got along pretty well. So he's essentially uh, going to put his neck out um, to smuggle you guys into the city um, again, in or into the town again in uh, the ice cream truck. So he can deliver you uh, to the doctor who can hopefully solve the, the earworm issue. Great. Um, so he goes out to, to start up the, the truck. Um, <clears throat> as he does so, um, Red, you hear a, a bunch of commotion outside uh, and a, uh, a beaten up, just barely running car <clears throat> comes just roaring into the, uh, the parking lot. And uh, you can see it's stuffed full of boxes. Um, and a man kind of spills out the side, um, paper kind of fluttering in the air, um, and starts like purposefully striding towards the uh, the motel office. Um, Richter, um, you see this as well, and uh, he looks a little bit like the man that you saw in the painting, a but like the like... the like the happy one, not the the scary spooky one, right? Um, who you would um, likely in tune is uh, former mayor Gene Fairweather. Ooh. And are are we? Are we in motion right now? Um, basically, Robert has has just gone to get the the ice cream truck started up. So all of you are just kind of like on your way out the door, oh, but it's okay. not like you're you're in in a huge rush. It was the classic like everybody got everything you need. Great. All right, we're all gonna hop in the truck, um, and then this car just came screeching in. Uh, I'll uh, I'll call out to him. I'll say, um, uh, uh, "Hello, uh, Mayor Fairweather." Um, and he he turns and he's like. Just full on, like deer in the headlights. Um, says, ah, "I'm sorry, friend. I, I think you have me mistaken for someone else." Uh, no, uh, my name is uh, 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 Harold Asman. Um, yeah, that's right, Harold Asman. Um, definitely not Gene Fairweather. A mayor? Huh? That, that's ridiculous. Of this town, that would practically be suicide. Why would anyone want that job? That's silly. Nope, just me. Just Harry Asman. Just uh, just uh, you know, checking in to the motel for a day of rest. Mr. Fairweather, drop the <laughs> bullshit, please. We know who you are, and we're on your side. Um, he, you can see, you can see the entire operatic cycle cross behind his eyes of of how he could possibly carry out this this clever con any further um and then uh his shoulders just slump um and uh he he just says um uh, well thank you dear voters but um i i i i i i know you 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 love the job i've done in this fair town for for so many decades but i can't I can't do this anymore. I can't shoulder the burden of this fucking, pardon my language, but fucking town. And if you truly love your mayor, you will let your mayor flee after he has a nice siesta. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, after all, there is a new man for the job now, so I, I understand. Yep, totally. And you know what? Power to him. Good luck. Can but... You'll have your rest, Mr. Fairweather, but uh, perhaps as your last gesture to the town, you can tell us exactly what the hell is going on here. Please. Ah, uh, well, truly is a shocking tale. You see, in Spain, 
In the middle of the day, one can take a break. They call this a siesta. Siesta. Now, this is a word you may not be familiar with here in America. I know but, it. Oh, okay. Well, so that's what is going on here. I am going to attempt my very first siesta, just a nap in the middle of the day to recharge uh, before I start driving west until no one has ever heard of this hellhole. Mr. Fairweather. Please call me Gene Fairweather, former mayor. How do I? Hmm. My diplomacy is hanging by a thread here, sir. Please understand that. I am looking for answers. I am not looking for siestas. I am not looking for definitions of siestas. Now, you were the mayor of this town for a very long time, and I assume that you have some inkling of what is going on in this fucking town. And you can leave, but apparently we cannot. So I would appreciate whatever help you can give me. Um, and he seems to actually take stock of the three of you for the first time. Um, you hear the cucaracha horn um, <laughs> behind you, and uh, Robert Walker's just kind of like gesturing like, are we going? Um, but you see something kind of shift in, um, in uh, Gene Fairweather's eyes. Uh, and he says... Uh, look, I'll, I'll I'll tell you what. Um, if uh, if you if, if if you find taxpayers will use those tax dollars to pay for a room for old Gene on his way out of town, uh, I'll I'll tell you what you want to know. You can stay in here with Devin and Senior Ice Cream. It's probably I mean, safer. Devin's like, wait, what now? <laughs> it's probably safer roommate, than the Devin. room. We have more guns. Oh. This is Mr. Fairweather, and this is the room he's not allowed to leave until he answers Red's questions. <laughs> ah, this is the Helmforth I know and love. Fine. Uh, he, he storms dramatically in. Now. And he, he bows very deeply to the dog, and he says, Senor. <laughs> um, he's not really the like Spanish the job, but I like him. Oh, you're one of those, huh? No. Mr. Mr. Fairweather, um, you've uh, campaigning for re-election, yeah? I I had thought about it, yeah, but but then it seemed like, well, it, to use your verbiage, it it seemed like there was a man for the job. It seemed like someone else finally had a plan for this place. Someone someone who could who could pick up my burden. So you did no campaigning whatsoever. Once I, I realized that uh, Tallahassee Jate intended the best for this town, I, I thought perhaps I could finally end my watch and hand it off to him. How's your ear? Fine. Not resting on a pillow for a siesta, so that's a bit of a bummer. But uh, I also didn't get, you know, choked to death on stage. So, you know. He takes a good Counting my blessings. Now, uh, Mr. Fairweather, we uh, have an important meeting uh, right now. Uh, I would request, since we are alone in your room and all, I would request that you stay here till we get back. Um, earlier you said there are a, a, a lot of guns here. Is that correct? There are some guns. Does this fellow know how to use them? And he points to Devin. Devin, yeah. do you know how to shoot a gun? Uh... 
Yes, several. There you go. Um, okay, well, this, this might be the safest place for me then, till, till things die down a bit. Um, are you expecting some unpleasantness, Mr. Fairweather? Uh, and he, he just starts to, like, maniacally cackle. Uh, and he says, <laughs> Listen there, old-timer, I don't know how long you've been in our fair town, but if you're not expecting something horrible to happen to you in Helmfirth, <laughs> I really don't know what the fuck else there is to expect. It comes for all of us in the end. What okay, is just, just a it? second. I'll be back. You guys keep doing your questions. Uh, and Adrian will go outside to go talk to Bobby for a minute. Right. Uh, what what comes from every for everyone, Mister Fairweather? This town. I you, see. You must have noticed by now. Oh, I notice. Yeah. It's slow and it's creeping, and it's really pissing me off. I understand that. That is why I am leaving. I've held this town at bay as long as I can, but now it's time for someone else to deal with it. Maybe you. I don't know. Maybe this new guy grieves. Mm. Seems like a snake oil salesman to me. He me. is a man for the job. Gene he's, Fairweather, former he is, mayor. He is more than a snake oil salesman, and he is not the man for the job. But we are about to go see a man for a job, Richter. So we should all go with our friend outside. And we will see you as soon as we can, sir. S- Sounds good. I will hopefully be less frazzled. After all, I have my heroic protector here, and I have a siesta awaiting me. Yeah, and, and then he like lays to- down on top of all of the papers that Devin has set up. And Devin's <laughs> just like, I fucking hate this mayor. Um, and uh, you start to make your way outside. Yeah, so Adrian uh, will re-enter and just uh, go over to, and his arms are full, and he goes over to Devin, and he's like, here you go. Uh, and he just gives him a Tommy gun and two handguns and then two grenades, and he's like, keep everybody safe. Now you're the trouble. Uh, and then Adrian will just turn around and walk out. Like, he's just gun delivery disappear. Um, Red, uh, you pause for a moment, and um, your eyes actually kind of, like, meet Devin's. Uh, and you're never sure, because, you know, as, as with most secrets children keep, um, they're not necessarily as subtle as they think they are, but he seems to kind of knowingly almost like smile a bit sadly and, and nod to you. Um, because you remember that when he was little, little Addie always used to call Devin the trouble. And then you make your way outside. Um, so all of you pile up into uh, the ice cream truck. Uh, are you bringing uh, the senor with you, or are you leaving them there to help Devin hold down the fort? We're going to leave the dog there. I'm yeah. sorry, there are no dogs here. Um, they're too hard Only to catch because they fly away. There is a poog. <laughs> We're leaving the poog. <laughs> I will also point out I've taken to occasionally calling Ripley a poog, and Miles gets legitimately furious every time I do it. Um, <laughs> hasn't stopped me, but... <laughs> no. You know, 
Um, all right. So leaving the adorable Pook behind, you um, you pile up into the ice cream truck. And sure enough, like this thing is, it's definitely like James Bond style hidden gun racks. Um, so there's like, just like a weird rack with cones hanging from it. But like the cones are like held up by fishing wire. Like it's very clearly fake cones. Um, and um, uh, he fires up the truck and you begin to make your way um, sort of back into town. Um, when you look kind of out the back window from time to time, um the three of you can see um, there are uh, cops um, kind of out on almost every corner um, and they're all putting up um, wanted posters for red. Um, it is a, uh, an incredibly well, well drawn uh, portrait, not dissimilar from the one you see in this very yeah. screen. Um, but um, wanted posters are going up. Um, you also see the, the cops kind of, looking uncomfortably at um, uh, men in suits who seem to be with them, um, who all definitely carry that distinctive um, mob goon flair. Um, but definitely out in force um, and uh, kind of tidying things up. Um, so uh, Robert drives the, the ice cream truck kind of down... Um, sort of uh, literally downtown, uh, sort of on the incline, leading um, kind of down closer to the water, um, back towards where uh, the docks are and other places. A little bit more run down, um, yet another area that's kind of in, in need of revitalization. Um, and um, there's a, a small veterinary clinic that he, he pulls up um, behind, uh, kind of in a, an alleyway. Um, and he turns around, he's like, look... Um, a lot of the uh, a lot of the vets do this kind of work for the ice cream men's union. Um, this uh, this guy's a bit of a card. Uh, his name is uh, Nathaniel uh, Galliori. Um, he uh, he really likes when people call him doctor or surgeon. He is neither, but he really appreciates when you uh, when you give him that. Um, and then he uh, he just kind of nods to Richter and he's like, uh, listen, um, I still don't really know what to make of what you showed me earlier. Uh, I took some sketches. Uh, I'm going to get in touch with some of the uh, the other ice cream people and, uh, and, and just make some subtle inquiries. But uh, nothing I've seen could power that. And if that's the thing that uh, blew up those cars... And the fact that it's not rigged up to a backpack like the other one you saw, I, this is this is some spooky shit. Um, I gotta tell you, Galliori's got a, a rep for being into some spooky shit, so he might actually be able to help you with your. And he like taps his earlobe, says, uh, "Your hearing problems there, Red." Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I'll put the word out about your uh, ray gun, I believe Adrian called it, and uh, we'll see what we can see, but. I'm telling you, this this thing shouldn't exist. I agree with you there wholeheartedly. Yeah, yeah. I will add that um, I have seen a weapon do a similar things, but it was much, much larger, and it seemed more scientific somehow. This is 
something else. This is more than science. Yeah. Yeah, this is um, something off about this. You might be in over your head, Robert, and if you are, there is no judgment. And he, um, he, he, for the first time that you've ever actually seen him do this, he takes off his little peaked white ice cream hat, puts it down on the dash, and he kind of runs his hands back through his hair. Um, and even though he's still looking a bit rough, there's a glint in his eye, and he's like, Red, when I found out that uh, old Ed Wynn, the, uh, the ice cream man in my, my neighborhood... When I found out he had a bunch of guns in the back of his ice cream truck, I had two options. I could take my chocolate vanilla cone, go home, grow up to be someone who ate ice cream one time, could have had an adventure, and instead ended up working some shitty job. Or I could say, hey, Mr. Wynn, tell me about the guns, please. (laughs) I chose the latter. Hey everybody, Tom McGee here, your friendly neighborhood DM, and I just wanted to thank you so much for listening to our shows. I hope you're having a great time. Obviously we are. I'm probably really stressed because they're they're probably doing something horrible to me right now, but uh, I hope you're enjoying it, and uh, we're enjoying you being here. And listen, if you want to get a little bit more involved uh, in our show and with the various things we do, you can check out patreon.com slash dice where you can find more information about how you can become a part of the show, how you can screw with me on air, how you can add names and all that sort of stuff. And it's a great way to support us in our ongoing dumb adventures. So thanks very much for joining us. And I will see you out there in the dumbverse. I didn't get into the ice cream business to not go on fucking weird adventures. So, you know what? Let's do it. All ice cream's got to melt sometime. Then he puts his hat back on and he adjusts it so it's a little extra jaunty. He's like, uh, let's go find out what this crazy fucking laser thing is, and uh, we'll go from there. All right? All right. Yeah. Can I have a shotgun? <laughs> um, and he says, he turns around, he's like, okay, now, Adrian, you don't want to have so many shotguns that you get a tummy ache. So you're going to want more than one, I know, and that's okay, but you should only take one shotgun. So... And then he, like, opens one of the, the racks of, like, again, ancient cracked cones. And he's like, what are you buying? Uh, and then he just points points to, to all the guns. Uh, what kind of shotgun do you want, Ryan? Uh, Slash knowing that shotguns were kind of limited in the 1930s. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think he'd probably just take a sawed-off one, where if he had to, he could, like, tuck it under an arm in a jacket or something for... Sure, so you're you're going with, like, the um, the old, like, hunting rifle that's been... the barrel's been hacked off, so it's literally just, like, it will just spray bullshit out in front of you. Yeah, it's probably one of those, the old-fashioned, where it's, like, you put two shells that's in That's what I'm talking about, yeah. The, yeah, the, 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 the Elmer Fudd shells. special. Yeah. yeah. But it's basically at, ra- at, at close range... It just pulps whatever it hits at more than a like a couple feet. It's it, it's yeah. It's meant for building clearance. It's not meant for like sniping. Yes, yeah, I agree. Yeah, great. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. So he um, he kind of uh, looks through them and then he he finds one and kind of smiles, um, and he takes it uh, off the the rack and he flips it to you and you can see that it, um, the uh, the stock on it is um, hand carved. 
Mm. Um, and uh, he's like, uh, Adrian, uh, do you know what that creature is? Uh, and it looks like a dolphin with a horn. A dolphin with a horn? <laughs> You're not far off. That, my friend, is called a narwhal. It's a very strange creature. <laughs> but a very fucking interesting, powerful, and unique creature. So, from one interesting, powerful, unique creature to another, treat her, treat her good, and remember, stick him with a pointy end, and then he hands you the narwhal. And then I check which end is pointy, and it is the sawed-off end, because that's sharp, and I say, get it. Uh, and then are there, is there like a box of shells or something I can take, I imagine? Yeah, it's with a lot less ceremony and a lot more mercantile <laughs> thing. So it's like, yeah. he does the whole like, and now like, here, here's to you. Oh, yeah, and then like, so it's a bunch of these. It takes this caliber. Uh, try and get the, the red ones, not the silver ones. The silver ones look better, but they're more expensive. You don't really need it, honestly. And he starts like, it, it's like you're at Home Depot. He just starts like really going into the detail work of it um, until red clears her throat. And then he just kind of like, hmm shoves you some shells and yeah, I'm like those go in here that's that pretty do. much all he walked away with cool um so um the three of you pile out into uh the alleyway um uh, a, a light cloud cover starting to roll in um off the bay but luckily it doesn't smell like sulfur oh Woo! minor winds um but uh, yeah, you see um, a um, a sort of a faded, faded sign um, that says um, uh, the Happy Scruff Veterinary Clinic. Well, shall we go see the good doctor? I mean, I guess so. It. It is odd that there is a, a pain in our ears, but I think you are taking it far too seriously. This can wait until after we investigate the new sheriff and find out what is going on with these strange weapons. Yeah, I, Richter, you can start to feel a bit of a pressure building up in your head, and you think it's just frustration. Like, there's yeah. there's a lot of this, but uh, definite headache need, coming on. I think you need to... I mean, we're here. Let's go. But I think you need to rethink your priorities, Red. Uh, I wish that I could have a record of your words right now, Richter, to replay to you after we get things sorted out. Unfortunately, they'll just be in my brain forever. So shall we go? Recording words. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't worry. I'll remember what he said. Great. I'm like a human gramophone. And a dictaphone. What? Adrian Diesel, wax <laughs> cylinder. Um, so, um, uh, Adrian, you're also, your head's starting to, to hurt a little bit, too. My whole head hurts now. Yeah, we're going. Let's go, boys. Let's go. Because you've been picking after your ears, Addy. It's not my fault. The ear wants me to. Uh, and then he puts his, <laughs> ear, his finger back in his ear and starts digging around. Cool. Um, as you um, start walking towards the uh, veterinarian clinic, um, the headaches get worse. Uh, uh, Hold uh, on, I I need to uh, sit down for a moment. I I, I apologize. I that was the strangest sensation. A strong mm -hmm. headache. It's almost like there's something in your head. 
yeah, an ache, and it says, don't go in the building. We're going in the goddamn building, because if I have to put up with your nonsense, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. I understand that you are under forces that you cannot control. We Why don't you get the doctor surgeon to just come out or something? I'm going to need a persuasion check from you, Red, uh, mm-hmm. to get, get these guys moving. Mm-hmm. I was going to make it an intimidate check, but then you checked your own tone. <laughs> I did. I did. I saw, the, I saw the look on Ryan's face. That is... Persuasion. That's a, that's a success. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think... Um, for both um, Richter and Adrian, um, basically when it isn't directly about who's right for the job, you can kind of see, like, that is just a, a gap in your in your, your mind. Like, you can't quite reckon with that. But when it's things adjacent to that, your brain's kind of like, oh, yeah, th- th- this, this extra thing doesn't make sense. If it's related to Monty Greaves being the right man for the job, totally. He's amazing. Mm. TJ, great guy. Absolutely was the right man for the job. But things like, you know, we should go in here. Uh, I mean, I guess mostly because Red's asking and you're clearly not going to get to go anywhere. Until she's peased. Sorry, I yawned in the middle of a line. Man, being a tired DM fucking blows. (laughs) Come on, Grandpa. You got to listen to the boss. Uh, And then I'll grab his arm and help him up to follow Red. Um, all right, so um, the three of you uh, make your way into the uh, into the shop, uh, the shop, the uh, the clinic. Um, <clears throat> basically, um, uh, Robert like played the ice cream tune extra loud uh, to kind of announce that someone from the ice cream men's union was coming. Um, uh, so uh, you walk in and you are just hit with a cacophony of meowling. Um, and you see there is a, um, a, a, a very, very well-appointed cage with uh, a mama cat and a litter of kittens. Um, and uh, the mama cat definitely gives you all the look of like, yep, this is <laughs> my day. Yeah, I, was, I, 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 know, to go I knew that was the patented Tom line yeah. that you wanted to go for. What was it? It's a living. It's the, oh. the, the Flintstones special. Um, but, like, legitimately, she's like, yeah, it's, you know, just Look, mother of 11. Sprinkles is. Sprinklets? Oh. Yeah. Um, so um, the uh, the kittens continue to uh, kind of fall over each other. Um, Ryan, what is the most sprinkles Adrian has ever seen in one spot? Well, he would have had a bunch in previous locations, depending. Probably not more than, like, he may have had as many as 20 in a house, but I don't think he's ever really seen more than four or five, because when he'd turn around, he'd assume they're the same cats again. So this is, like, a a truly momentous... Oh, this is exciting. This is very exciting. He loves sprinkles. Also, he would assume whichever one is in the center of his vision is sprinkles. So it would just be... Sprinkles, sprinkles, oh, sprinkles, and then like that, just over and over again in a cycle. All right, um, Adrian, you can regain seven sanity. Ooh. Oh, that's nice. I feel like this is your equivalent of <laughs> like 
going to a sanatorium and, and getting like and just like talking to a therapist and like taking in a spa and like just getting yourself getting yourself right. Uh, this is just like, oh man, so many sprinkles. They all came from me. Tom, sprinkles is it is, possible to go above the number I started with? Uh, for sanity, I believe so. Let me check. Yes, I started sanity. at thirty, so it's not like I was cleaning up. Uh, yep, you can. I'll, I'll say cool. you, you you can go up and over. Great, my sanity is now thirty-four. Ooh, I'm an unshakable rock of happiness. <laughs> um, and um, you um see someone um come out of uh sort of um what looks like an examination room kind of off to the left. Um, you're basically in like animal storage right now. So there's other poogs about, there's uh, a bunch of sprinkles is, um, what's Adrian's word for a bunny, Ryan? Oh man, that's a good question. Donkey. A bunny is a donkey. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Big ears makes sense. So there's one like very noble looking bunny. Um, you, uh, you see a, a nameplate, uh, that says, uh, Harris bonkers on it. Um, but as you uh, make your way in, um, this uh, this man comes out, and uh, he is wearing a full tuxedo, uh, just like you, Adrian, but like a fancy, thin cut. This is a, a full-on, like, Crispin Glover, super thin, uh, tall fellow. Um, he's got um, uh, sort of, you can tell that it's, it's incredibly orange hair, but he's buzzed it kind of almost to his scalp. Um, and he's wearing, um, sort of like a, a, a doctor's coat over this tuxedo. Um, and you can tell he's wearing white gloves, but they seem to be like fancy white gloves, not like doctoring gloves. Um, and, uh, he, he sees those and says, Oh, welcome. Welcome. Yes. Um, Mr. Walker of the ice cream man's union, uh, alerted me to the fact that you might be arriving today. My name is Dr. Nathaniel Galliori. And welcome to my practice. Uh, please, please, um, come in, have a seat, and um, we will uh, we will do patient intake. For we are a proper hospital here, as you can see. Of course. Um, Hi, Dr. Surgeon. I got a brain worm. <laughs> ah, well, I, I do know how to deal with worms. Ha ha, ha ha. That's a little bit of veterinary humor for you. Okay. And, and Richter is like massaging his temples, just like, yeah, it's not working. <laughs> ah, very good. Well, come in, come in. And um, he smiles brilliantly at you. Um, and you notice he's missing a bunch of teeth. Um, and um, he, he gives you a, an otherwise winning grin and um, uh, kind of gestures for you to enter uh, a small examination room. Uh, it's definitely a veterinary examination room, so there's like a small table um, and like a bench for people to sit on. Um, and on the, the picture, there's a picture on the wall, uh, like a, a fairly badly drawn um, Shih Tzu. And um, he uh, looks at your expressions, which listeners at home, both uh, Tyler and Claire reacted in exactly the same like, the fuck? <laughs> Um, Wayne, he sees both your expressions. He says, brilliant, isn't it? This, this was my pride and joy. I named her Aunt Joan McDonald after my Aunt Joan 
McDonald. You, in, you included the, the ant designation in the creature's name? I have always believed that proper etiquette should be followed. She is my mother's sister by marriage. Irish trash, sure, but mother's sister by marriage. And thus, aunt must be her name. The uh, dog is your mother's sister? Ha, you know no, what? but they were both bitches. Dr. Gadiori, I appreciate a man who understands his etiquette. Now, uh, could we continue? <laughs> Yeah, you should look at Grandpa first, because his toast is more dry. That is an analogy with which I am not familiar. After all, I have people for that. I have never made breakfast. And then he, like, strikes a pose that he thinks rich people would strike, but... It's very clear. This man makes his own breakfast. Um, Possibly somewhere in here. If we we may. Mortality. The inside toast. Oh, um, are you close to expiring, old sir? Statistically, yeah. (laughs) In the next few minutes. This seems like a legal problem that truly I would rather not have. After all, a malpractice suit would be terrible. A terrible black mark on my entirely legitimate practice. Mr. Gagliori, I can promise you that we will neither sue you nor come after you. However, if you do not treat my friend, we are going to run into some trouble. Again, I was going to make your role a deception check because I feel like you would come after him regardless. (laughs) But then you threatened him, so let's go. No, 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 no. I didn't mean, oh, sorry, that came across as like a threat. I literally meant like the three of us will come across some trouble. Do you want to see a narwhal? Uh, <laughs> oh, yes, I've always wanted to see one. You know, some sailors thought, do you pull it out? Oh, yeah. And he's like, this is called a narwhal, and the sharp end hurts people that don't do what the boss say. I cannot believe Robert Lee Walker Esquire would betray me in such a heinous fashion. Please. Fine, you cretins. I will examine you, but then leave my practice forever. I can promise you, you will never see us again. I can't promise that. You can look where you want, but here's some money. Uh, and I'll give him $5 and say, you're a good doctor surgeon and pat him on the shoulder. A tear forms in his eye. He says, Thank you, Papa. <clears throat> sir, thank you, sir. It's very nice to hear after all these years. Oh, you're not a real doctor. You just look after the bow wows. Well, who's laughing now, Papa? Me. I am laughing. And then he grabs his, um, like, magnifying glass and he's like, So, whose ear hole shall I look in first? Uh, the old one, right? The dying guy. Great, let's do this. Um... <laughs> So, um, Richter, he goes over, um, and, um, as he, um, starts to peer inside your ear, he says, oh, this is, oh dear, I, I was joking earlier about having seen symptoms like this before, but this is kind of what it looks like inside, oh, oh, Christ, um, he turns, uh, (laughs) turns to you, Red, and he says, um, listen, I'm going to require two things from you. Uh, you, you're not, you have no head pain, correct? No. Great. Um, 
I have a, a, a tincture of uh, medical-grade cocaine that I'm going to require. Uh, uh, two, uh, three doses, please. Um, two for me, one will split between them. Um, then I also need you uh, to get some tweezers, if you know what those look like. I do. And a drill. And Adrian and Richter, that's when suddenly your bodies seize up. Um, your eyes roll back into your head. And for a moment, both of you just see darkness. And then as you blink out of it, you see what looks to be um, sort of a, a, a weird column um, of... of um, just sort of flat stone and you see an eye looking back at you and what looks like um, sort of some kind of uh, poog with very pointed ears um, and uh, you see what seems to be a bird and they all seem to be kind of facing sideways um, and Richter you're pretty quick to realize that you're looking at hieroglyphs um, and as you're kind of looking at these and trying to figure out kind of where you are, Adrian, um, you start to hear um, the sound of, of sand being displaced behind you. And as you turn, weaving through what seems to be an endless line of these columns is a massive, white, multi-toothed worm. This episode of the Mythos Mysteries features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, and Keeper Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited by Ryan LaPlante, and the Mythos Mysteries show logo was created by Decapitated Marker at Decapitated Marker on Twitter. That's M R K R. Our theme songs are Dark alleys and sentinel by kai engel and our ads use the tracks no control and chiefs by jazzar j-a-h-z-z-a-r and all of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org when it comes to dum-dums and dice you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com our twitter and instagram are dumdumdice and on facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice we have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. All hail the mythos. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, DM Rob, Christopher Little, Joshua White, Olin Anderson, Sue One, Devin Boyce, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Anthony Griffin, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumb dumb dice thanks to them and a little bit of thanks to you the fable and folly network where fiction producers flourish the buyer awaits your decision poised as one both ready for a fight and assured of its outcome i'll have that relic now that cool pretty boy have more healing we gonna need it you guys might one of you dies and i'm running for it so don't. We'll have to use every advantage, and we've not many left. 
So I'm confused. Uh, what am I supposed to say to him? Marcus, it's a role-playing game. Right. So you're this holy guy, Benedict. Right. And he's just joined this adventuring party. Right. Why? Because we needed someone to heal us and not ask questions. Dumb! What? Any reason you want, Marcus. That's the great thing about this game. You can be anyone you want. Do anything you want for any reason, so long as it's true to your character. Cool. I totally got this. Uh, Wait, but... This artifact belongs to my church, and as such, I cannot part with it for any price. (laughs) Uh, what did I say? Kill them all! The Ordinary Epic, a podcast series about the extraordinary, the ordinary, and something in between. Listen now at theordinaryepic.com or on your favorite podcast app.